Let's go! Cool kids step to the front. Cool kids. Too sweet sign for the click. Bitch, you don't work there. Feel like I need a shower just looking Gotta at Gotta get ready, kid, quick. Yeah, I'm up next on the prince. They ain't been the same ever since. What? Living pretty we cut the head off the stick. You're gonna be single for the rest of your life. Brought Lesnar on the beast. Look at the heat. Sleep flex on the beast. Look at the heat. Whole new swag with a pass on the tag. Coming live from the west to the east. Better recognize on the mouthpiece. See the power level got a I get no bitches. Bringing content on a daily. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binary pals, and everybody in between. Welcome back to the Gresham Lee's Podcast. This is episode 44 of this illustrious podcast. Joining me as always is the queen of rebels herself, but I got to introduce you guys to me because for those of you who don't know, if you don't know by now, I am the voice that does the most to purvey of mischief, Gresh, and joined as always is by with none other than... The Queen of Rubbles herself, Swallow the Bandit. What's good with your family? Hello, everyone. Once again, yes, this is episode 44. That is crazy. Number 44. 44? I don't know why I'm doing. I, I don't know how to bypass 10, but here we are. <laughs> I can say it's been great. What a great season. I know that for sure. Um, especially when you have an amazing host like Gresh. Um, let me tell y'all something. Gresh has really pushed me out of my comfort zone. And that's not easy to do, especially <laughs> getting me to talk on the mic. Because I love being like in the background. You see me, but you don't see me. That's what I love to do. So it's like, it's a rare thing to, you know, have me on camera to be able to show my face and be able to talk my stuff. But other than that, it's great. Like, I've enjoyed working with you. I've enjoyed, like, just the projects we've been on from the retro reviews to modern wrestling. So I want to say I commend you on everything and thank you for everything. I do appreciate it. You done with the sentimental stuff? Yeah, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate you for uh, kicking it with your bro. Uh, but for those of you who don't know already, the today's episode will be headlined by us stepping back in time one more time for Monday Night Raw from July 1st, 2002, which will be headlined by none other than Jeff Hardy challenging The Undertaker for the Undisputed WWE Championship in a ladder match. I've seen this match a million times. I'm not going to hold you. But I can watch it as many times as I want to because it's it's one of those gems that you can watch back and literally not lose any patience with it. So I can appreciate this uh, match. But uh, today's episode should be pretty straightforward to the point. But before we move on, we got a few little housey notes for one time for the one time. Gresh on YouTube News, a new retrospective series has started on my channel. It'll be a bi-weekly upload. The first episode was Mike Austin versus Spike Dudley a.k.a. Wrestling's underrated David versus Goliath. Uh, I had a lot of fun editing and narrating as well as watching back that robbery. If you haven't already, make sure you guys tap into that. It is, it is, uh, it, it, it got me, it, it, it's one of those moments where I'm like, okay, I can really see myself doing this in the future because I know I've said it and I've alluded to it countless times. I'm going to probably eventually stop producing 2k videos full time okay. and the reason why is because i'm not really it's like i'm trying to find my, my my niche on youtube and after being advised i might see myself 
by um, stepping into that niche, which isn't as saturated as the WWE 2K genre. I'm not saying I'm going to stop doing it. I'll probably do live streams, Twitch, uh, YouTube, whatever, and have fun with fun with the, with the subscribers. But it's like I'm just dabbling. I'm continuing to dabble in as we enter quarter two of year of the year 2023, and um, I I could say I was. This is one of those videos that I'm actually proud of. Like I was proud of this video, the booking video I did with Jay Uso becoming the tribal chief. Um, that's still doing immense numbers over on YouTube as well. But this series in particular, which will be a retrospective series, will be available on YouTube.com/slash at its Gresh. And you guys should check it out. Uh, speaking of checking it out, Patreon news. All the tiers have been reworked, reworded, and organized properly over on patreon.com slash digital, including the brand new chairman tier, which is $50. That particular tier will be going towards being and being credited as an executive producer on all my documentary retrospective videos for the YouTube channel. And it will include a credit on IMDb. For those who are in the entertainment production industry knows just how important an IMBD uh, uh, credit is or when it comes to like getting like uh, get acquiring work uh, and I pride myself. And for those of you who want to know, like, why would I why would I spend 50 dollars on this? You got to understand when I give you this credit. It's not, it's like I pride myself on producing high quality content. So you won't have to worry about me scamming you out of $50 when you take part in that tier. It is not mandatory. Trust me. I was just advised to place it there because people, because you never know who wants to be, who wants to be an executive producer on stuff that I produce. And I, and I just placed it there. It's like, that's not what I'm, I'm pushing for people to buy. Like if you, to get, if you want to get it, cool. Uh, but like I said, uh, it is available for uh, for to, for you to be credited as an executive producer because a lot of people are doing that nowadays with their YouTube videos and stuff. Like if you like, you can literally if you get a credit on IM, IMDb, then you're pretty much golden because that's no matter how much people hit or miss when it comes to that that particular site. Uh, high executives in the entertainment and media and media production industry. They, that's their go-to. That's their dictionary. Like, okay, who are you? Why are you uh, submitting to this? It's, oh, this is what you've been working on. This is what... And then they check to see what video that or or short or podcast series that would be on that, on that. But that's what I'm saying. It's just there. It's not mandatory. But like like all Patreon pledges, uh, you are appreciated by yours truly. And last little bit of house note, uh, Movie Fridays continues tomorrow on twitch.tv slash hey yo is Gresh. The last one we did was hilarious because I finally watched Ready to Rumble from 2000. Nice. And that shit was terrible. But <laughs> but it, it it's like I probably got to give it another watch to, to verify what I want. But the last one we did, like I said, was hilarious. And I'm looking to continue that one to that trend tomorrow. Tell your loved ones and your, even your ex-loved ones, your best friends, your ex-best friends, the place to be on Fridays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is with your boy Grush on Movie Fridays. And that will more than likely be the last Movie Fridays for the next two weeks because I will be out of town uh, next week and the week after that on both Fridays. So hopefully you guys tune into that. I believe the movie that we're probably going to watch is Tuxedo from 2002. So don't I'll probably uh, post it to confirm it, but that's more likely going to be the episode that we watch. All right, now it's time for us to step back in time for 
this week's retro review from July 1st, 2002, Monday Night Raw, where Jeff Hardy challenged The Undertaker for the undisputed WWE Championship. I was about to say universal title because that's, that's been the thing, too, uh, in a ladder match. Yeah. Uh, to start off the, the episode, we get that classic 2002 to 2004 WWE intro uh, because fading into uh, this was basically post them becoming WWE. So throughout this entire show, you're going to hear them say WWE a lot. That doesn't come off natural at all. It's just they're like WWE, WWE. E like they they'll pause because they they're not used to saying WWE they used to saying WWF so mm-hmm. it's, you're gonna be hearing that but after that intro we fade into a recap of Vince McMahon's ruthless aggression promo with the entire Raw roster surrounding the ring a week prior before we see a see Rob Van Dam interrupting the 2002 King of the Ring coronation ceremony of Booker of Brock Lesnar. Followed by the match between Lesnar and RBD, which ended in DQ, thanks to Paul Heyman, who suffered a frog splash for his troubles. And then Brock just yeeting RBD through the announce table with ease, saying ruthless aggression to end the promo. Y'all get the guns, the drugs, from my generation, and So get that raw intro. That They'll make them intro. They don't, they don't make them intros like that no more. They don't. They, they don't make them intros like that no more. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> now they be like, oh, you in trouble. Because, uh. <laughs> I, don't know what they, I don't know what they got now. Uh, they're like, uh, what, what, what is the song that they use now? Big and move, break it loud. Let's just be on take it out. Yeah. Greatest. Uh-uh. You know, gears like greatest. Yeah. Being updated. I'm on the birds. We on the birds, and it feels like oh, like no disrespect to the yeah. artists, but that song is mid when it comes to wrestling. I'm sorry, like like that ain't something I want to like. It, it don't get you hype. You be like, oh, it's just a. It sound like a a bumper music where you just need something to transition to to the next part of the video. It don't it don't get you hyped. And then sometimes WWE don't even do pyro, so you're not really getting. Getting it hyped the on all full effect. Yeah. But we did get pyro here because after the opening pyro and panning of the crowd, we are live from Manchester, New Hampshire, which will be headlined by, like I said, the Undisputed WWE title match. Uh, the best version of The Undertaker, um, in my opinion, in the main event. We officially kick off the show with a very, very young version of Brock Lesnar, the 2002 King of the Ring winner alongside his agent, Pre-advocate Paul Heyman with mm-hmm. with long hair, cause now he rocking yep. that he rocking that slick back George <laughs> Jefferson haircut. So Paul Heyman then proceeds to basically hype up Brock Lesnar and runs down other people he was beefing with, Rob Van Dam, Kurt Angle, you name it, and then issued a challenge to any veteran in the back who has the guts to walk down the aisle and be sent into early retirement by the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. This was pre-Paul Heyman with the with the penguin voice. Ladies and gentlemen, but so now he was just, he was just talking regular voices, uh, and that challenge was answered by none other than the former co-owner of Raw or owner of Raw, the 16-time world champion, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, who still looks the same as age as he did in 1996. Yeah, like that white hair ain't going nowhere. Nah, I'm talking about his face. 
Well, that too. But <laughs> boy, I was like, dang, he still had white hair back then. He ain't gonna never change. That man was. That man was. <laughs> that man looked old all my life. It's just set in stone. Like I, that nigga gonna look old. Gosh, all the years that we done grew up watching wrestling, I've never seen this man. I've never seen really a younger version of him. Except for pictures and when they did like documentaries, I'm like, oh, yes, that's when you, yes. that's when you were young. So you, it's like you got old. You you stop you stop ah. looking you stop aging after you looked old. Started looking old in like 1994, and that's when you were stuck. You, you, the only thing that changed was your body, but your face was still old. Jeez. Uh, Rick, uh, like I said, br- Rick brings up the interference from Brock during the match against Vince, which cost him the ownership of Raw. And Flair says he's the veteran and bigger, than, bigger, better than that. He's a legend. And tonight, big boy, you're gonna find out. You're gonna find out why. Woo! I'm the dirtiest player in the game. Woo! I'm like you and this woo off again. We're back. We're back with this, Rick. We're back at this. All right. Thank you. We're back with the woos. All right. Congrats. Brock gets up in Rick's face, snatches the mic, and says Flair's in the wrong place, in the wrong gear, with the wrong guy. Simple, straight to the point. The match is on and the bell rings. Here we go. The match pretty much started (laughs) off with Brock asserting dominance over Flair early on, which caused Rick to use his quickness and brains to get one shot in on Brock, which just made that man angry. Every chop, Mm -hmm. he just got mad. I'm like, well, damn, that man just brushing off chops. (laughs) I can hear it, and you're just brushing it off. Flair turned... Flair turned this match into a cat and mouse game, which made Brock angry when he hung him up. This man was showing no signs of bruising from Flair's chops and instantly went on the attack all over the place. As the match progressed, the more I realized, the more I realized how insane pre-UFC Brock Lesnar was in the ring. Yes. Like he was in, he's pretty insane still he, to this day. But yeah. Him, but back then he was like. Yeah. He was way, way, I think. In my opinion, I think he was way more ruthless back then compared to like where he is right now. Yeah, at least now, it's like he still got it. It's like the beast ain't dead. You know what I'm saying? I think but now that like, you know, I think back then he had stuff to prove. Now that he knows he's mm-hmm. a made man and he has money wherever he goes, he's on autopilot most of the time, and he's just having fun. He's just riding away. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, speaking of riding the wave, the tides turned when Flair hit two back-to-back low blows, which went undetected by the referee somehow. And Flair finally floored Brock, but every time he went for the pin, that man just yeeted him out. He just said, get off me. And I'm like, God damn. All right. Uh, Flair had Brock in the figure four leg lock to, to close up the match, which caused Paul Heyman to attempt to climb on the apron, but he slipped. And I audibly bust out laughing when I saw that. I'm like... <laughs> You just, your feet just say, it just went away. (laughs) Brock finally reached the ropes, which forced the break. And then Rick, for some reason, decided to go punch Paul in the mouth. But that distraction was enough for Brock to pop up. Here comes the pain style and hit the F5 on Rick to pick up the win in a fun opener match for this show. Like this match was, this match was pretty, pretty good. Like it, it, like I said, this pre Brock, pre UFC Brock Lesnar was a beast, pun intended, in the ring. That man was, was doing. Solid. That man was doing, and the sad, then the scary thing about it is, this it was just his first. This one, he wasn't even a year on the main yeah. roster. He was only like what a couple months in. He like, debuted in April of that year on on Raw at the Mania, and yeah, and this is June. This is July, so 
April, yeah. May, June, July. So three months in. And yeah. Then, and, and, 90 days. <laughs> <laughs> like, 90 days and we get this. Like, <laughs> and now the WWE Rewind is brought to you by 1-800-CALL-AT&T for collect calls. It was right. a, basically a recap of Trish calling Molly Holly, Molly Holly a fat ass and then Trish and Linda Miles picking mm-hmm. up the win in a tag team match. And every time I looked at Molly Holly back then, I'm like, there was nothing wrong with that woman. No. <laughs> Who does she make mad? <laughs> nothing at all. Like, nothing wrong with her. And I was like, did this girl, did y'all really just have beef with this girl just because? Like, she, she ain't nothing wrong with her. <laughs> What's wrong with her? Backstage, when we kept, got back from commercial break, uh, backstage Jackie was in the makeup chair where Coach walked up to her and, and referenced the Divas Undress special, where he says she should have won. Uh, Jackie says she was disappointed that Tori won the Golden Thong Award. I just blacked <laughs> out for a split second because I'm like, oh yeah, this was around that time. <laughs> uh, Coach brings up the tag team match that she lost last week, and she basically said that in reality. She didn't lose that that either because it was her tag team partner that got the pin, which prompted Molly Holly to walk right into frame and confronted her tag team partner from last week. In reality, if you like me, if if uh, let me rephrase that because I just read that wrong. In reality, if you spent less time parading around in your undergarments and more time paying attention to a role model like me. You will be a better competitor, Molly says. Well, in reality, unlike you, at least I look good in my underwear. And I'm just like, what? They kept saying in reality so many times. In reality, I'm like, in reality, this segment is ass, but that's neither here nor there. Jackie, like, in reality, y'all keep saying in reality, I'm a, in reality and fast forward all y'all this right now. Because um, I'm guessing what Jackie said to Molly was supposed to be a zinger. But the way she delivered this told me she needed acting lessons more than anything. Because she had this thing where her mouth was like. <laughs> every time she talked, she was like. It was. It was. I was like, anybody catching that? Because <laughs> I caught it. Like she, I don't know what it was. I'm like, what are you I, I just got distracted. I don't want to even pay attention to what she was saying, what she looked like. I'm like, why is your mouth like that? Like, why are you squinching your mouth right now? Man. Uh, well, obviously, Molly took offense to to about not looking good in her underwear, and she slapped the shit out of Jackie before tossing her all over the place and the assault transitioned out to the arena. Molly went to use a pipe she got from the barricade, but uh, Jackie ducked. And she and was sent into the plexiglass they, that they used for the stage. But eventually, Molly looked to regain control, which she did before hitting a snap suplex on, the, on Jackie onto the floor, before tossing her in the ring and continuing her assault. As Molly looked to uh, walk away after dominating Jackie, Trish Stratus ran down and brawled with Molly a little bit before pant, um, pantsing Molly to reveal her some in some good old-fashioned bloomers or granny panties Boy. as King kept screaming, further embarrassing Molly Holly. And I'm like, who did she piss off? Right. This was the first time where they made fun of her for being, I guess you could say, a wholesome role model or something like that. Uh, she was basically a mellowed-down version of RTC's um, ivory during this time. And I could have done without this segment. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not even going to hold you. 
Uh, backstage, we see Terry is interviewing Christopher Nowinski to ask about why he challenged Bradshaw to a straight-up wrestling match instead of a hardcore match for the hardcore title. And Chris said, why would I want to win a title where I would have to be looking over my shoulder 24-7 worried about trash cans, street signs, and two-by-fours? No, thank you. I prefer to <laughs> compete in a more civilized manner. I prefer to compete in the way we were taught to at Harvard, like a gentleman. Terry looks so uninterested in what he's saying, by the way. He do. Uh, <laughs> I prefer an environment where the most dangerous weapon is not a table or a chair. It's intelligence. And that was the yeah, interview. And I cannot get that two minutes back from whatever the fuck he was talking about. We're back live from, from commercial break. Christopher Nowinski makes his way to the ring for a straight-up wrestling match against hardcore champion Bradshaw after cheating the win last week. They had King show off Chris's Harper ring, and the entire time I did not give a flying fuck about his ring. <laughs> Bradshaw then made his way to the ring in the most countryest cowboy getup I've ever seen in my life, and then proceeds to go on the assault, and then for some reason filled the ring up with weapons, forgetting that this wasn't a hardcore match. Lil Nate, uh, Charles Robinson kept trying to get him to understand that, but he wasn't hearing it. The ref took a chair from him, and Chris decked Bradshaw with a cowboy bell, and that was the match. I can't get this entire five minutes back. It was quick. It was non-existent, and I did not give a I did not give a shit. Uh, backstage, William Regal is watching on, impressed with what he just saw. That's make two. That's only makes one of us. But all right. Uh, and his happiness turned into disdain when RVD starts shouting for Brock Lesnar and asks Regal where he can find Heyman and Lesnar. Regal says, "Well, Mister Heyman is with Mister mm -hmm. Lesnar, who's cooling down after competing tonight against Ric Flair." Which upsets, <laughs> which and that obviously upsets Rob, who says, "Ah oh, man, ah oh, man, he competed already." Shit. Yep. I, oh, oh, he fought. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, you would know that if you showed up on bloody time. Regal said, <laughs> as if he was talking to a child. Obviously, man, don't mess with me, bro. Leave me alone. Uh, Regal said, nah, don't you mess with me because I'm not the one who's coming into other people's dressing rooms looking for a fight. I suggest you apologize. RVD says, RVD says he didn't, he did come in here for looking for a fight. And he and since he can't get a hold of Brock Lesnar or Paul Heyman, he challenges William Regal to a fight. And Regal says, Ah, a challenge. Consider it accepted. I'll go and get changed straight away. I look forward to it. One champion against another. And then Regal walks away, but he said, cool. Oh, and Regal, I won't be apologizing for bartending here, just like I won't be apologizing after after your beat. One, two, three, courtesy of RVD. <laughs> these niggas and these taunt buttons, but all right, before walking out. Back from commercial break, we're backstage uh, again with Terry interviewing Jeff Hardy, who's standing by a random ladder as he prepares to challenge for the undisputed WWE title in the main event where Terry says he's going on he's going in as the heavy underdog. Jeff says underdog. This isn't a normal match. This isn't a regular match. I don't have to pin taker or make him submit. This is a ladder match. And this and this and then Jeff Hardy for some reason uh runs all over the place climbing <laughs> random props before snatching the mic from Terry and shouts that he's been in tons of ladder matches. And Taker's been in none. So, therefore, I am the next WWE champion. He was about to say WWF. Uh, WWE champion. There's there's a saying here in New Hampshire. Live free or die. I'm living for the moment. And I'm not dying tonight. Before hopping off the ladder and handing Terry back the microphone and runs <laughs> off. And I'm like, 
This was literally extreme Jeff Hardy. For sure. He was just saying anything, honestly. Uh, we then cut to the back where Booker T is prepping for his tag team match with Goldust as they will face Big Show and X-Pac tonight. And then Booker T stops and is confused. Tell me you're not wearing that tonight. Put, put that thing away before you poke somebody's eye. I'm like, is he talking about somebody's... Is he, is he talking about somebody's dick right now? What's, what's going on? The camera then pans to Darth Vader, which was Goldust, uh, who told Booker he's not a Jedi. Booker, you're not a Jedi yet. Booker said, man, I ain't seen no, I ain't no Star Wars geek. I've never watched a movie, and I never will. I ain't going to lie to you, Booker. I said the same thing until it was a slow day at work, and I watched the original three, the prequel, the sequels. And I here's a hot take for you. For those of you who want to clip it, I enjoyed the original three more than the prequels. Carry on. Uh, Goda says it's not about that. It's about last week. And our splendid plan is about me concocting another marvelous plan. Get your Mac on and get ready. I'll be back. Goda's go. Does, go- <laughs> Did Cody wrestle during this time too? Okay, I figured that because I was like, I know Gold is still here, but you're, you're like five Goldust. years. Cody didn't debut until like five years from here. Cody was still trying to be an actor in Hollywood. Uh, Goldust goes to put his helmet back on, and Booker snatches the lifesaver from Goldie, and then Booker starts playing with it, making saber noise. I'm about like, to, I'm about to, I'm about to get medieval, man. Obi Book Kenobi. It doesn't matter where you're a stormtrooper or the NWO. Your ass is about to get waxed by the five-time Jedi Master Champion. Now, can you dig that, sucker? And I said, oh, so you do know Star Wars? Nope. <laughs> it's like, mmm. You sound a little sus talking about some stormtrooper. Man, what? I thought you said you didn't watch it. <laughs> Booker on his knees puts the toy away and tells and um Goldust tells uh and, and tells Goldust to take care of his business, man, leaving Goldie confused as hell. I was confused as hell. Um <laughs> But that entire segment made me laugh. I, I enjoyed it. Uh we didn't cut back to Mr. McMahon's office who's standing with a geeked up Eddie Guerrero and Vince reminds him that he likes to keep the brand separate. But he's made an exception for him because he likes competition and he knows he do as well. Well, that's cap nowadays. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's all about ruthless aggression. And as for the translation in Spanish, and Eddie says, translation, it's Eddie Guerrero, <laughs> which, <laughs> which Vince likes. And then enters Chris Benoit, who shakes Vince's hand, who's making his return to competition after breaking his neck a year prior. Ben says, let's see some ruthless aggression out there. And that's pretty much the end of that segment. Uh, back from the commercial break, it's champion versus champion as Intercontinental Champion Rob Van Dam meets European Champion William Regal in a non-title affair. Uh, tonight's Raw is brought to you by M&M's, the milk chocolate that melts in your mouth and not in your hands. <clears throat> that's cap. Uh, and by Honda, performance first. Uh, I hate a Honda. And by the Slim Jim brand. Have you ever eaten Slim Jim? No. It does not look I interesting. Heard, I heard something. And then it's crazy because one of my friends, they actually ate Slim Jim before. And they said, oh, well, this is good. And I'm like, how? Like, how? 
It, it looks dry. I ain't gonna lie, cause I'm scared to even take a piece and just. It looks dry. Try it out. And I've always wanted to try beef jerky, but I want to try good beef jerky. <laughs> I don't want none of that jerky where it's just like, you know, I have to spit it back out. I don't want to do that. Cause right. then I'm a feel type of way. Right. Cause I know, um, it just looks like it'll, I'll choke on it cause it's so dry. Yeah. Ain't don't they got a spicy one too? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> they probably do. I don't even know. Are they still even active is the question. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, that says a lot. Uh, I guess somebody buying if they still active in 2023. I believe. <laughs> I, I, I guess they're still active if they're, if they're buying stuff. If they're hey. still active. People, somebody bought it if they're buying in, in 2023. So I guess so. Uh, William Regal makes his way to the ring, and it made me wonder what they could have done different with the European title if they actually took it serious. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, this was basically a clash of styles, RPD's high octane uh, and high flying offense against William Regal's map based and technical style, but they sync beautifully. Uh, Regal tried to go for the Tiger Bomb, but RPD reversed it into a modified back suplex before connecting with the five star frog splash after a, a, a easy back and forth match. Who was halfway across the ring, by the way, to pick up the win? RBD then proceeds to call out Brock Lesnar for a fight. Ask and you shall receive as Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman walk out to the stage in universe mode cutscene style. Paul Heyman says he's all, he always admired his guts, but he, he but says he advised against Brock Lesnar coming down and taking out RBD, but then challenged Van Dam to a match in three weeks at Vengeance, which RBD gladly accepts, and he says he can beat Lesnar because he's Rob Van Dam. Spoiler alert, he did not win. Back from commercial break, it's time for the tag team action as Bubba Ray and Spike Dudley make their way to the ring, and they show Bubba Ray powerbombing Eddie Guerrero through a table, followed up by Chris Benoit snatching Bubba Ray down into a crossface, which leads to tonight's match. Out next is their opponents, Eddie Guerrero, swagged out of his mind without even trying, and his partner is Chris Benoit, competing for the first time since breaking his neck a year ago. Uh, this match was a pretty standard tag team uh, TV match right out the gate. I'm not even going to hold you. Uh, I probably, I barely, I barely took notes on this match. I'm like, because it was just a, it was just a whatever match to me. Uh, Benoit and Bubba were stiffing the hell out of each other once uh, he made the tag. They let Spike cook a little bit too, but that didn't last long as Spike was instantly lit up by both Benoit and Eddie, basically building up to the hot tag to Bubba. Uh, there was a bit of communication between Eddie and Chris before Spike hit the acid drop on Eddie, and Bubba finally made the hot tag and went in on Eddie before Benoit broke up the count, but took a suplex for his troubles. After a wah-vah on Eddie, uh, Bubba called for his little brother Spike to get the tables, and of course he obliges until Benoit stomps out Spike from behind. Uh, Eddie then connects with a beautiful... Hurricane Runner and goes for the Frost Flash, but Bubba got out of the way and Bubba connects with the Bubba Bomb to pick up the win. <laughs> After the match, Benoit literally deadlift German suplex, or he was just a, he was just fat uh, on Bubba. And when when Spike went for the acid drop, uh, Chris yeeted that man out of the ring and threw the table before locking Bubba in the cross face. Uh, Eddie hit a Frost Flash on the back of Bubba before Benoit choked out ben Bubba Ray because he switched from his hands to literally choking that man out in the crossface. Uh, and basically, 
that was pretty much it as the heels stood tall to end the segment. Like I said, it was a solid tag team match. Uh, next up, we get a promo. Rey Mysterio is coming soon. So this was before. So I, and this was at this point I realized this was before he debuted with the Go to theme song. Uh, Who's that jumping out the sky? R E Y Mysterio. Here we go. And back up. Better tap out off the top rope. Here we go. The flow. Man. If Ray brings that back next year for WrestleMania, I'm gonna laugh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he. I don't even know if they still own the copyrights to that. That's weird. Um, back from commercial break, we see Darth Goldie or Gold Vader. I'm gonna go with Darth Goldie. Uh, Darth Goldie. Yeah. Uh, walking backstage when he runs into Big Show. Oh, there's the freak. Let me ask you a question, freak. What was that crap last week about me being a show popotamus? Man. About me smelling like a kangaroo crap sack. What you trying to get at? Are you saying I smell? I'm I'm pretty sure that's what. That's what that mean. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Big show. It's already been implied. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's, that's that's literally what it means. When you when you're called a kangaroo ca- crap sack, he's saying you smell like shit. Yes. <laughs> Big show. The NWO never told you, did they? What happened to your father? Darth Goldie says, but in kayfabe, his father died, by the way, in like 1999. It was a whole thing with Bossman dragging the casket on the back of his car. It was it was that. Misho said, my father, so he was just as confused as me. That's right. Darth Goldie says as he takes off the helmet, man, don't you know my, that my father's dead? <laughs> See, even Big Show remembers that storyline. He's like, and and in real life, his dad did die. Uh, the segment, this this segment get, get gets even more out of pocket for me. Hold this, Goldie says as he hands Big Show the helmet. Further confusion, show confusing me as well. Big Show, I am your father. Star Wars references before this man smacks the absolute shit out of Show with that toy lightsaber. Like I mean, he's have. Goldie then tries to walk away like he just assaulted the man, but then he turns around to another big man, Kevin Nash, who then says, <laughs> I lost it when he said this, by the way. Yeah, well, I'm your daddy. And then decked the shit out of him. I'm like, what? I was like, okay, bruh. Leading to this man getting yeet around backstage and Big Kev grabbing a metal, look like a metal rod or something and knocking that man unconscious. That's one down. You got one left. Same as last week. Go out there and get the job done or we're coming out and kicking your ass. You got it? Kevin Nash yells at this man's face like, like he's a child. And Big Show like is like, all right. Because he's yelling at this man while another man is taking a nap right behind him. Uh, Big right. Show gets it before calling for X-Pac. I guess it'll be a two-on-one handicap match now. Uh, after recapping what just went down, JR and King proceeds to hype up the main event some more before showing a promo package recapping Jeff's recent ladder matches. Which is basically showing that he was just taking bumps, just take bumps. Uh, basically building up the fact that he has the advantage in a lot of people's eyes because th- at this time, this was Taker's first ladder match. Backstage, we're, we're with Terry again. Uh, she is standing with the undisputed WWE champion, The Undertaker, looking to get his thoughts on tonight's title defense. Well, I'll tell you... He said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll get to Jeff Hardy in a minute. Undertaker says... You see, right now, I want to talk about Kurt Angle. You see, Kurt Angle, think, Kurt thinks he's somebody because he made Hulk Hogan tap out. 
He's somebody in my book. Uh, well, I ain't Hulk Hogan. I hope not. And I don't tap. Undertaker continues. So, Kurt, if that's what your plan is for, t- for Thursday night, you better come up with a plan B because that one ain't going to work, boy. And when I finish off Kurt Angle, well, then I'm going to move on to The Rock. You see, I'm going to make The Rock regret the day he ever stuck his nose in my match at King of the Ring. And Terry is confused because she's as, well, aren't you at least concerned about your match against Jeff Hardy? Yeah, you've never f- seen, been in the ladder match before. What's your point? Right. <laughs> 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 well, well, I'm just saying that. No, 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 no. I think this interview is over. Undertaker just said, yeah. This interview is dumb. He said, I'm done. I'm moving on. Back from commercial break, Big Show was wandering around backstage looking for his partner and finds X-Pots laid out uh, in the locker room. And it was alluded to that it was Booker T's doing. So I'm guessing the next match won't be a tag or a handicap, but a one-on-one affair. And right away, the camera cuts back to the arena. Can you dig it, sucker? Uh, glares across the PA as Booker T makes his way to the ring for the match against NWO's Big Show, who is furious right now and sprints his way to the ring as Booker looks to chop down the Giant to start the match, which obviously doesn't last long. I look, I like how throughout Booker's career, especially when he was a babyface, the five that he did always got him hyped up. Like it was like his source of power. He's like, all right, I'm wait, I'm awake, I'm awake. Uh, the match eventually spilled to the outside. Eventually, Big Show, for some reason, grabs the steel steps. He forgot it was a no, de- it was a regular match and looked to use them on Booker T, but Booker kicked Big Show and he fell straight back with the steel steps falling on his face, knocking him out. And when Booker tried to pick that man up, he's like, eh. he said, like, man, forget that because <laughs> he was big as shit and just accepted the count out when before hitting the spinner Rooney to celebrate and before he headed to the back, but stopped and said, nah, fuck that. He literally audibly said, fuck that. Because <laughs> he was like, I'm about to get caught slipping by Kevin, Sean. So he went through the crowd to go to the back. And the camera immediately cut to the back and shows an angry Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels. Just because he didn't live up to his end of the bargain does not mean we won't live up to, to ours. So Sean says, I'm going to knock him. I'm knocking him out. I'm knocking him out. Kevin Nash shouts as they head to the ring. I'm like, bro, why are you so mad? <laughs> I'm knocking him out. I said, dang, you upset. <laughs> back, from, back from the break, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, and the defeated Big Show is standing in the ring. Show drops the straps because he knows shit's because he, he knows shit's about to hit the fan as Kevin Nash gets in his face. Kev does not hesitate and punch Big Show in the face, which Show didn't take too kindly and punched him right back. And it looked like it was going to be a battle of the giants was about to go down until Shawn got in between the both of them telling them to keep it easy and tries to tell their uh, turn their sights to Booker T for what he did to X-Pac and says, they will deal with him next week. The NWO is a family. We're somewhat a dysfunctional family, but family nonetheless. Sean didn't lose to a different family member that is currently sitting at home injured and references King of the Ring and their exchange with none other than Triple H. This was around the time that they che- they teased uh, Triple H joining the NWO, by the way. But then Kevin Nash got injured, and they nixed the entire stable right, a- right afterwards. So it didn't go nowhere. Sean didn't tell Show and Kevin to kiss and make up. I was like, I hope not. Right. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin then shakes Big Show's hand before Sean kicks the hell out of Big Show as a form of tough love and tell Big Show to come on. It's all good. Come on. Come on. 
Backstage, Undertaker is warming up next to Vince McMahon, who proceeds to hype him up ahead of tonight's main event before telling him he's got the rock in vengeance, whether he's champion or not. And that obviously upsets Taker, who defends his title all week tonight against Jeff Hardy on SmackDown against Kurt Angle. Before Undertaker says, not only will he beat Jeff Hardy, he won't be able to stand up. And it's almost time for the main event as we cut back to Jeff Hardy warming up before Matt Hardy walks into the dressing room and brings in an injured Lita, who I believe she broke her neck that year. So she was out for a minute. To wish him good luck before Jeff exits the locker room and psychs himself out. I'm like, bro, why are you so mad? But I get it. And that, and now it is time for the main event of the evening for the undisputed WWE Championship. I was about to say Universal again. Uh, the Undertaker, the, the defending champion, enters first, competing in his first ladder match ever as he defends his title against a juiced out of his mind and full of body paint, Jeff Hardy. And after playing mind games by messing with Undertaker's bike, toying with Taker before drop kicking a ladder in Taker's face. Here we go. Bell wrong, and here's the ladder match. Uh, before I break down everything, what do you think about this match? How many times have you seen this match? Because I've seen it a lot. <laughs> okay, so, well... I have seen it a lot, but as far as, like, analyzing it, it was like, dang, like, well, this is the first time. It, it did look like it was the first time that Undertaker ever competed in a ladder match. So that's, like, another thing because you don't really – I didn't really, like, see him do it as much until they pulled this one up, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, push him out, like, a norm I believe a Taker only had two ladder matches. In his entire career. Yeah. This one and the TLC matching his edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think, yeah. Versus, yeah. yeah, versus Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy done had so many ladder matches. <laughs> like, I can't even count his. Like, <laughs> You're not. He he, he had <laughs> ladder matches well into 2022. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, this dude, was, this dude just did not care. He's an expert at that. He don't care. Uh, I, like I said, I've seen this match as many times, so many times. It's not even funny, but I enjoy it every time. Jeff tries to one-up Taker, but that did not last long as at all as Taker starts using the ladder in his favor, and Hardy is getting lit up throughout the entire match. Like that, that. So with Taker basically took, like, I'm not going to keep trying to la- climb up this ladder. I'm just going to whoop your ass, uh, right. basically. Uh, there was a moment where Taker could have won the match, but Taker wanted to inflict more punishment and started lighting him up at ringside. That being Jeff, this was quite the lopsided ladder match in memory at that point. Uh, despite all that, though, Hardy kept fighting back and was swinging all over the place. Like that man was just—I liked how he didn't do any technical punches. He just started just swinging for the fences because he knew he knew for a fact that he was getting his ass off. So he just said, "You know, I'm just gonna swing for the fences and just hopefully some, one of these connects." But obviously, Taker decked him with the right hand. Taker then hit a ladder assisted leg drop to the back of to the back of the neck of Jeff, which about hurt Taker as much as Hardy. And I'm like, all right, that was a choice. Uh Taker misses a splash in the corner and kisses the ladder a bit. And then Taker and then takes a whisper in the wind or a corkscrew leg uh kick, as JR called it. I don't think they called the whisper in the wind at this point, out of nowhere. No matter what, he still had fighting him, but Taker stopped that momentum. So it was just like this was in a way, this was pretty much another David and Goliath match. When you think about it. I, I praise Mike Awesome and Spike Dudley, but this was pretty much another one that doesn't get as much praise either. 
Shit, I might end up doing a video on this one too in the future. Uh, anyway, uh, Taker. Uh, after this, uh, after basically after I lost my my train of thought. Oh yeah, Taker then tried to attack him outside until it it became a nut check vibe with uh Jeff hitting a low blow on Taker and then used the ladder as a springboard and took out Taker before introducing a taller ladder. So they only used two ladders in this match. Like it, it's it's tame compared to recent ladder matches where they is ladders everywhere. Uh, and tried to reach for the title slowly but surely, but Taker was right there and set Hardy up for a last ride. But then Taker um, Jeff reversed it into a Hurricanrana. And then we got JR hype as shit on commentary, hyping him up to climb the ladder and become champion. Uh, Taker then introduces a steel chair to stop Hardy in his tracks. And then after going in with the steel, steel chair and tossing Hardy off the ladder, Taker looks to, to connect with the last ride. But Hardy still has fighting him. And when Taker tries to go for it again, Jeff grabs the chair and Dex Taker in between the eyes. Uh, Taker is down and Jeff yeets the chair in, Taker's, in Undertaker's face. And we got JR's famous line, Climb the ladder, kid! Make yourself famous! Obviously, he, didn't, he made himself famous another way because Taker is back up and hits Jeff with a chair twice. But Jeff is still somehow in this uh, until Taker grabs him and chokes him off the ladder and grabs the title to retain the championship. No matter how many times I see this match, I still enjoy it. And it aged perfectly. It did. It's one of those rare David and Goliath matches where it's like, even though you know who's going to win, you still had that hope and you get you get sucked into the atmosphere of of this of the match going down. So this is this is a perfect match. Uh Taker looks to drive off, but Jeff Hardy tries to get back up and Taker says, Oh nah. And comes back, hits the last ride on Hardy, basically telling him to stay down before going to drive off with his title. Yep, getting up. For no reason. I'm like, bro, why you stay your dumb ass down? And then Jeff Hardy is yelling, Hey, hey, Tiger, you haven't broke me, Tiger. You haven't broke me. I'm still standing. So on the ropes, I'm still standing. Dang, like his, I said, this man sound like he crying. And <laughs> he was, he in pain. <laughs> he is crying. He, like, like, he, he, and I think I that, said, oh, for real, like. <laughs> and I think that added to. Yeah. I think that added to it too. Like it didn't. Nothing sounded choreographed like it is now. So you you felt the emotion. He's like, bro, I'm I'm down, but I'm still standing. And then Taker comes back and looks to Deck Hardy again, but Taker stops, changes his tune, and raises the hand of Jeff Hardy. Much to the shock of everyone, because he was a badass heel at this time. He was still big evil uh, at this time. And But Jeff Hardy has earned Taker's respect after the match. And the show ends with Undertaker just baffled, like, this, this kid got guts. But he has the utmost respect for Jeff Hardy, and that is Raw. I enjoyed this show. Like I could have done without the middle stuff with the Christopher Nowinski stuff and the yeah. Other than that, it was straight. And the Molly Holly uh, yeah. getting embarrassed stuff, but yeah, other than that, it was pretty straight. Like it was, it, like I I can't hate this match whatsoever. So I appreciate that. And that concludes our retro review for Monday Night Raw from July first, two thousand and two. All right, now it's that time where we hand the reins over to the Queen of Rebels herself, 
uh, for Chop It Up with the Bandit, where she give us three trending topics to talk about. Take it away, Miss Bandit. All right. So to all my gamers, if you happen to follow Nintendo on Instagram, um, Nintendo America, make sure that that blue check is by there too, because you don't want to just be following anybody. You're not, you know, they're not verified. So um, they have um, a live stream that's supposed to be happening the third trailer live stream for the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom um it will be thursday april 13th 7 a.m pacific time um which is 10 a.m eastern time so um make sure you check that out that will be on their youtube channel um Roughly, it's going to be three minutes long. So, um, yep. So, if all my gamers, if y'all love, you know, the Legend of, Ze- the Legend of Zelda series, sorry, um, be sure to check that out. Also, for my lovely movie fanatics, we got um, Rainfield that's coming out April the 14th, along with Evil Dead Rise that comes out April 21st. Um and then there's another, uh, I think this one's called Bo is Afraid. I have not seen the trailer for that yet, but I will. That's also coming out April 21st. And um, Insidious 5, or Insidious Chapter 5, July 7th, and The Meg, The Trench, comes out August the 4th. Um, so, um, in case, you know, y'all got some movies that y'all would love to see that has not came out yet, be sure to Check out any movie releases for this year. You should be able to get a whole entire list within the upcoming months about what's supposed to be released in theaters. Um, also, UFC. I got a chance to... I did get a chance to finish everything, but then I got to the main event, and it wasn't that... Like, the fight wasn't bad, but it didn't last long. Um, Israel Adesanya finally got his belt back. So he is UFC champion. Oh, this is Izzy who who mocked that kid. Izzy, yes. <laughs> People try to get mad because he mocked that kid, but that's the same kid who played dead when he lost a, a right. while back. So suck it up, kid. All right. <laughs> You'll be all right, little bitch. You will be just fine. Izzy so. is, 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 is just, like is, is, is just like Roman Reigns. Fuck them kids. He is. <laughs> Proud, like he got the belt back. Israel Adesanya, his opponent that he fought against, I think they was on a rivalry for like four. I think it was like four years or something. They had a rival for a while, um, and then his opponent took the belt from him for a little while, and then he ended up showing back up in the ring and getting the belt back. I think they fought April the eighth. So like it, it was. I liked it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I liked it. But yeah, he said it wasn't gonna take long, and he delivered. So. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Other than that, um, that's pretty much all the news I have for y'all. Um, I want y'all to stay safe. Please continue to drink your water. Please uh take your allergy medicine. If you're please stop being an asshole. Yes, please. That that would be nice. <laughs> it really would. <laughs> Even though sometimes we have our days, but that's different. You know, that's that's a whole other different. We're not, we're not talking about that. We talking about that. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, um, please, as I mentioned again, be safe out here. Um, do your part and be a better human being. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Yep. 
And that is all we got on this uh, this season for the Gresham Lee's podcast. Uh, next episode will be a best of. Well, we, it will be a compilation of all of our 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 funniest moments or funny uh, interviews. Make sure you guys tap in next week. And then that is a wrap officially for Swallow the Bandit on this week this season of the Gresham Lee's podcast. Uh, for those of you who haven't been following on Twitter, this will be the last episode for the foreseeable future. Uh, we'll be on a indefinite hiatus. Uh, will we be back? The t- time will tell. But for the time being, we will be shifting our resources to other ventures. The episodes aren't going anywhere. So if you guys ever want to just re- go back and relive classic episodes of the Gresham Unleashed podcast from season one or two, they are they will be available over at www.gresshunleashed.com. For now, until we eventually merge them over to GreshDigitalMedia.com. And for that, with that being said, uh, what a season. What a season. Nice laughs. Uh, we tested the waters with in-person podcasts from from early last month, I mean, two months ago. And just because this 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 show is, is a wrap doesn't mean you're going to see the end of Swallow the Bandit when it comes to the Gresh brand. She's a part of the Gresh brand. Uh, she is not going anywhere. We're just going to shift our focus to other ventures and other aspects of content creation and focus on that and go forward. You never know when we might pop up. You never know if I might force her to get a, uh, create her own show. You never know. You never know. Um, or maybe have my own Twitch and get on live on Twitch. To exactly. You never know. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, just because this is going on a break doesn't mean we're done. Like, the content is is going away. It's just we're just going to create the content a different, a different way. But with that being said, you guys stay safe out here in these streets. Make sure you guys follow us on social media. Myself, Josh Gresham, ORG. Follow Swella at Swella the Bandit Three on Twitter and Rebel Bandit Forty Five underscore on Instagram. Or you can just visit solo.to slash Swella for her direct links. And with that being said, you guys stay safe out here in these streets. And remember to always eat, sleep, flex, and repeat. We out. Be breezy. Bye, y'all.